to the female fit this is the first episode of season two um, and today we have a very special guest she is a three times books champ um, she's also the top amateur female sprinter in the uk currently um, in track cycling and is now on trial with the great british cycling team it's georgia holt hello <laughs> how are you doing georgia I'm good, thank you. How are good, you? Good, I'm good. We've also got Brit here as well. Let's not exclude Hello. Brit. <laughs> can't forget Brit. I don't know why I waved there. You can't see me wave. <laughs> oh, gosh. So today, we have got Georgia on, and I'm super excited to have her on. We've been so excited to start this new season of introducing elite athletes to the podcast. So me and Brit want to know, first of all, Georgia, like, how did you get into cycling? Because you have the most interesting story. I really love it. It's so, so cool. It's so out there. So 2018, I I was sat watching the Winter Olympics in Sochi on the TV. And I was like, oh, I want to do skeleton. You know, the bobsleigh, but on your belly. Yep. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I'll do that. I ran at County Athletics and came second when I was like, year 11 and I was like oh I can sprint this was me year 13 having not done any sport in like two years <laughs> I was like I can do that yeah easy <laughs> so I applied for this talent ID program called discover your gold and I was yeah. like oh yeah this would be fine um and then I I had a heart operation just before that that's another story and so this is even why I wasn't doing exercise <laughs> and um and then I got invited to the phase one trials um for all the sports so it was like skeleton track cycling uh speed skating rugby sevens and rowing yeah. so five sports that you could get selected for so the first day was like you just did loads of exercises like peak power test a jump some sprints and all of that so that was at birmingham yeah and then that was just a really great day just met a few people yeah Nice to be in that kind of environment. And then went home and I was like, hmm, if I get selected for anything, it'll be skeleton or cycling. Um, and I just was like grateful for the opportunity then. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Move on. Finish off my A-levels, then had summer. Yeah. <laughs> and I get an email through like, oh, you've been invited to track cycling for phase two trials. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, what have I got myself in for? Sorry. Am I allowed to swear? Oh, yeah. yeah. I swear <laughs> yeah. all the time. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, God. Um, so anyway, popped up to Manchester um, to ride the velodrome for the first time for these phase two trials. <laughs> so I hopped on a bike and we walked. Well, I didn't hop on a bike at this point, but when we <laughs> get the bike, you have to like walk under the track okay. to get in the middle of it, if that makes sense. Wow, yeah. That's cool. Um, and so we're walking like below it and you come up the ramp <laughs> and I looked up and I just looked to the left and I could just see this massive just wooden boards and it was like it looked like that like Whoa, just like, completely vertical wow. completely vertical and like from horse riding because that was my original sport yeah. I I was never scared because I was young mm. and I didn't have that like self-preservation that I now have yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I looked up and I was like oh I'm actually scared and I'd never felt that scared in my life from the thought of doing a sport. Yeah. 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 I don't mind jumping massive hedges that are the size yes. of my horse. Like, yeah. I can do that. No qualms. I looked up and I was like, ah. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. So anyway, we spent like six hours at the, this track. And um, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Like, if you like adrenaline, you'll like track cycling. Yeah. Um, got to know the coaches. Um, and yeah, so it had gone from phase one trials being like 2,000 people applied. Wow. And then there was like 30, I want to say 32 got through to phase two on track cycling. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So we're already talking like less than 10%. Yeah. Wait, so even less than 5%, I think. Um, and I enjoyed it. And I was like, okay, cool. Move on. Went back to work. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, you've been invited for phase three. And I was like, oh, oh it's getting <laughs> serious now. Yes, yeah. I was just enjoying it. And like, that's the main thing. Um, and then there was... 15 16 of us on phase three trials mm -hmm. and that was a weekend at the derby velodrome yeah um which was amazing like with horse riding you never have like overnight camps like mm -hmm. that like a rigorous training camp yeah yeah and that was like involved in the gym on the track we did core that like i, I really couldn't do 
Um, <laughs> and it, it was just amazing again. Mm-hmm. And then um, just so you were kind that, of just you kind of thrown into the deep end, like you'd not really done track cycling before, and then next you know you phase three doing a track cycling camp, like <laughs> yeah. I was just, I was just there, like, what is going on? It was just like wow, a whirlwind, wow. um, and it was just a bit of an honour, really. Like, yeah. oh wow, these people see something in me, and like that is such a compliment because they were, um, so Great British Cycling Team GBCT, they mm. were GBCT coaches, um, and I was like, wow, like compliment, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, and then went home again, and I just had my A level results, and I hadn't, I didn't do my well. I didn't do as well in my A-levels as I hoped, and I was meant to go to Bristol. Anyway, comes A-level results day, and I was like, oh, I need to go through clearing. Nowhere would take me. Nowhere. Um, and so that was that was rough that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Manchester. I haven't looked at Manchester. And I wanted to do vet, veterinary or vet nursing. Yeah. I didn't go to Manchester, met, to do biomedical sciences. So bit out there um and so I told them by this point that I was going to Manchester and it wasn't even deliberate it was just the only place that would take me (laughs) (laughs) I was like oh somewhere please (laughs) and they were like oh really that's quite cool so anyway the final phase that I get then got an email for it was selection to be on the confirmation phase which was six months of like training basically yeah seeing if you, you're suited to the sport seeing like your trajectory if you improve enough to be selected to go on the actual national team um and yeah so I moved up to Manchester and started training like a full-time athlete for the yeah. first time ever in a sport that I didn't ever think I'd be doing <laughs> that's fair so what was the actual time so when was you when is it that you applied and when was it that you got um accepted for phase five so not quite the confirmation phase not the six month thing but between phase one and phase five, what? how long was that? I mean, ours didn't really have a phase five. It just went phase one, two, three, confirmation phase. Okay, Whereas so some, like, oh, rowing, yeah. I think they're a bit more rigorous. Um, and so that was, like, phase one was eight... Mm, phase one was June. Phase three, August? So it wasn't long at all. So two months. Yeah, wow. You've never done track like cycling before. That's yeah. insane yeah oh i have a kind of like a it's a a bit of a personal question in regards to like it's really how you felt about it but i know so because we both have a background of horse riding i think when you initially do that first competition and you or you know that initial stage of knowing that you're like you said in that you felt amazing that these kind of people accepted you and wanted you to be doing the sport how did that feel because I remember like when I got a bronze medal at the amateur olympia like I was crying because I felt amazing that I'd been accepted in another sport and I was doing well in it like how did that feel for you like personally it, it it's weird because you actually if, if you were to compare you actually competed mm. And you worked so hard for that result. Yeah. Whereas here, I haven't... It, it, it's quite similar to, like, imposter syndrome. Like, I hadn't competed. I didn't feel deserving of it. But then yeah. I was like, oh, but these people clearly see something in me. Yeah, so I need yeah. to, like, agree with them. Because, yes. like, I don't know anything about this sport. They know Yeah, so at the time, you didn't have a clue what was going on. You just had to kind no. of trust what they were saying and trust yeah. what... Yeah, the, so... and stuff. Yeah, so it was just like, oh, right, okay, well let's go like I said to them I said look let's just train full-time let's just see what we can do because if I can be an elite athlete then absolutely like (laughs) like, what a dream and to do that in a brand new city to move in start one cooking for myself which I didn't know how to do and then two cooking for an elite athlete that I was now gonna be it was just like a smack in the face but we got there um so yeah in terms of like how I felt about it I was just like a deer in the headlights for a bit. Yeah. Getting used to it. And then once I settled in, I was like, yeah, like I enjoy this. Um, and uh, I, it took a while to be like, okay, I do deserve this. I am working hard. Um, so it was a bit weird. And then I did my first race and we won the team sprint, which was really nice and PB'd and most things. So mm. yeah, it was really exciting. And I was like, okay, now this is me. Yeah, the horse, you can kind of blame them, blame the horse for a few things. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas on the bike, it is just you. Yes, yeah. Um, so that took a bit. 
Um, but yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it to start with. I was like, yes, this is good. So going back to you said that you went to university when you started being an elite athlete. So it's going to be different for you. I was going to ask, how did your day-to-day life change from just being an A-level student to being an elite athlete? But I suppose you kind of changed from being an A-level student to being a university student, which is completely different, and an elite athlete. So <laughs> try and just explain how it changed for you day-to-day. Oh, it, it was just like, bang. It was literally <laughs> like a bang went off. <laughs> like, first week of uni, it was Freshers' Week, and I was like, I hadn't started training, so I had like, two weeks of moving in, settling in before I started training, which I'm very grateful for. Um, And yeah. You can do freshers properly then and you can just. (laughs) Yeah. The last night of freshers. Um, Yeah. It was like, I don't know. It was weird because it was trying to just like get your bearings with a brand new city. Mm, Um, And then once the training started, I was, I was able to like schedule training around, uni which really helped um I didn't miss much in first year really um and yeah it was just it was intense like there was some days I think I lecture at like 11 on a Monday and I do gym before for like two hours um so that was intense I'd get up at half six go and do gym come straight back on the tram to do uni then go home finish some work Mm -hmm. and so I had a very structured and regimented life yeah, very different to a lot of university students. Yeah. In yeah. Yeah. And I was living in halls with 12 people. And so they're like, what is this girl on? Yeah, I can <laughs> imagine. That's, like, that's, to be fair, 12 people. 12 was a lot, but it was like, uh, they were quite new halls. So it had six bathrooms. Oh, okay. Like, oh, okay, got it. I was really lucky to get those halls, especially in clearing. Um, mm. So yeah, so like there was one time, I'm sure I finished training late because I was on like a public training session on the track and I get back and everyone's ready to go out. And I was like, okay, and they're like, come out, come out. I was like, no, I'm tired. I literally sat down and had dinner and a protein shake while they had pre's. <laughs> and that. I joined in on a drinking game with my protein shake. And I was like, they must think I'm an absolute nutter. I'm sure they still do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was, it was just, I don't mind being busy. I like just occupying myself and just yeah. thinking like one track nine, yeah. but in a way, I'm like, oh, I didn't actually... I was never, like, a typical uni student. No. You never really got to live it, like... I can relate to that hugely. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, See, I'm the typical university student, I will tell you now. I Like, Lauren's <laughs> like, I woke up three hours ago, and I was like... I'm like yeah, no. <laughs> and she's like, I've done this amount of work today, and I was like, Lauren, just, just calm down. I've only just woken up, love. Like it's three pm. I'm having my breakfast. I'm having pasta, <laughs> pasta and more pasta. Oh my goodness, love it. So yeah, so like interesting, like how different lives can be. Oh yeah, for sure. Because like, I mean, Lauren, you get up at like two am to do a gym session. <laughs> well, I wouldn't like... quite say two. But... <laughs> Not far off. <laughs> no, I just think that's insane. I can't believe you do that. Like, our sport, like, you see swimmers getting up at, like, 4 a.m. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I was at track the other day, and someone was like, oh, my God, it's such an early session. It's 8 a.m. I was like, we have this easy. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it's a privilege to be... I remember my friend at school, in, like, year 10, 11, she was a swimmer, national swimmer, and she used to wake up at 4 o'clock to go swimming, and then she still would end up being late for school because oh, that's how long her sessions like yeah. so lasted. So she'd wake up at four, but then still not arrive at school until like ten o'clock. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. by the time she'd like got to training, done her training session, done her then gym session or pool size session, to yeah. then come back, get changed, and turn up to school, we would be like, "What? Oh my god!" And then she'd do the same again that evening. Yeah. And oh, that was year ten, and I was like, Mm-mm, "No, thank you, not for me." <laughs> Yeah, at that age, not only is it the child doing that, the parents. It's also the parents, yeah. and that I think that's why, like, I wouldn't have had horses had my mum not liked them. Yeah. So it was good that mum had that same interest. But then with cycling, I was on my own, mm-hmm. so I haven't got that parental 
reliance. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I feel that with bodybuilding now compared to like having horses. It's like this is totally on me. Like, you know, yeah. parents not involved at all. <laughs> it's nice. Like, did you find when you started it, like it was kind of nice that your parents don't know everything about it? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. I mean, bodybuilding is one of those sports where it takes a while for your parents to accept it. But that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Neil adjusted very quickly, my dad. <laughs> <laughs> mother well, not it. so much so but she got used to it eventually but but yeah it is that's a different story on its own but how were your parents with like um supporting you with wanting to go down the path of cycling i, I mean they were just like yeah let, let's go come on yeah. then like my parents are so supportive yeah um and i think dad dad's always just proud as punch like yeah no matter what your dad's always are aren't they (laughs) bless him like he was like you know if we need to buy this we'll do that and then there was something the other day he was like well can we buy this i was like no dad it's fine like chill (laughs) like if dad can help me if if he can help me in any way like he will but um sometimes i'm like no don't worry it's fine i've got this um bless him but yeah they were fine with it and like it was quite an old age as well for you to like start being an athlete which really confuses me because you you assume that people, if they're an elite athlete, they start at such a young age mm. and then they do everything throughout the whole entire life. Like, And then yeah. you, you start at the A-levels. It's always like your parents didn't have that full involvement because, yeah, they maybe would have took you to your phase trainings and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, you don't really have that involvement from your parents straight away, which is so odd. Yeah, it was, like... They were really proud that I was getting selected for it. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I'll go and pop off and do this. Um, and it is, like, uh, to be 18 starting a brand new sport, one, it's a bit odd. And then when I got to the track, like, it is very stereotypical that everyone cycles, like, in the womb. And, <laughs> like, that's kind of how you get into it. It tends to be your parents. So talent ID, there's not that many of us. There's mm-hmm. more, like, as, like, the time's coming along, like, there were three of us who finished. Two of them are on the squad now, and then there's just me, like, hey, uh, behind. Um, so, like, there are more talent IDs, and, um, yeah, like, it is very typical. So when you went to these, like, training sessions, um, were they all the same age, or were they a lot younger? So uh, initially I was put on the squad sessions, so not the public sessions, um, and so there was like one day I was like sat opposite Jason Kenny and I, I just cried. <laughs> I, was, I was so overwhelmed. Um, we warm up on these things called rollers. Oh, I've yeah. seen you um, on those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Once you know how to do it, it's fine. But it takes a while, and it took me quite a while. And I was just sat on track. I hadn't even warmed up. I just put my skin suit on, and I was sat opposite Jason Kenny, like it, one of the world, one of the best Olympians ever. And I was just there like, oh, my God, I, I shouldn't be here. And I just start, I just burst into tears. And one of the other girls who's talent ID, she was like, don't worry, like, let's just go to the toilet. It's going to be okay. And, <laughs> Bless you. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, what if I fall off of, off of the rollers in front of Jason Kenny? Like, what am I going to do? <laughs> He's going to think I'm an absolute idiot and I don't deserve to be here. So that's kind of where the imposter syndrome all came in. Yeah. Um, but it's really normal. Like, it, it's common and it's okay. Um, mm. But, yeah, oh, it was mad. Um, I actually can't remember what your question was. I don't think I answered. No, it. no, that's oh. that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. It was. <laughs> I um, as well. I want to know because Lauren actually obviously knows you, and this is the first time we've ever spoken and met. But mm-hmm. I um, did a bit of Instagram searching the other day, and Lauren will tell you how I reacted. <laughs> oh my god! So I just got off the cyclist, and I was looking through Instagram, and this is people can't see my face on the podcast, but this is my fish. So. The arse on that. The legs on that. I was like, oh my God, she has the most beautiful body ever. I was saying to Lauren, I was like, oh my God. And then I looked back at videos and I was like, oh, there is her squatting quite a substantial more than what I squat. (laughs) And I was like, that, and that just interested me because you don't really think of a cyclist going to the gym and squatting and working heavy, like heavy loads. So, how does that like relate back? Do you, you do that just for fun on the side of it, or does that come into the whole training to be an elite athlete? So as a so stereotypically, you think of a cyclist, you think of oh, Tour de France, 
Mm. Yeah. So that's endurance and that's road as well. When you get to the track, I'm actually a track sprinter. Okay. It is like our maximum effort is like 30 seconds. Wow. So it's just pure type 2A muscle fibers. Just throwing, yeah. Pure strength. Um, And so, yeah, we we weight train like we are just weightlifters on bikes or powerlifters on bikes i love that um, description <laughs> that was yeah. you see at the top level and you're like these women just look incredible yeah, step on stage <laughs> you're like yeah yeah how about you just swap live sprinting <laughs> i know oh my god it, it'd be amazing i'd be you falling off with the me, but i don't really do much so <laughs> i don't really do want to go and do a track cycling session you can come and lie in bed all day watching Grey's Anatomy if you want happy day <laughs> yeah so like the initially I was like like I'm I've never been body conscious or anything like that but when I started I was like I, I just want to get massive I want to have big legs I want to have big arms I want to have a big back I want to have, like yeah that was what kind of drove me to like mm. want to lift even more um so I had to learn to weightlift as well as learn to ride a bike properly um so yeah we kind of cross train with weightlifting um so i've only got the bigger legs and the bigger bum and everything else through that yeah um like i think there's a before and after pictures one of me in 2017 and i just look so skinny (laughs) and i was there like oh my goodness there was me thinking like oh i was really muscly then (laughs) <laughs> like let them now um but the the beauty of it is like i love i, I love being the way i am and i love how yeah. my body has responded to all mm. of this like kind of makes me a bit proud and that's a bit weird yeah, yeah. But i'm just like wow like my body responded so well to this it's clearly what i'm meant to do yes yeah it's been genetics almost isn't it to... i don't know where they come from but um, <laughs> um so yeah like it's insane but yeah thank you yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I like it. at the beginning obviously I gave a little bit of a breakdown of some of your like current achievements with cycling but do you want to like go into a little bit of depth a bit more about like how like what was books like what was um competing there like Bucks was really interesting because I was thinking, oh, it's going to be a massive competition, all the universities. But it, w- it was more relaxed. It was my first ever race yeah. in 2019, like December. Um, so it was really relaxed. I had my coach there with me. And we came first in the team sprint. I came fifth in the 500 and fourth in the individual sprint. Yeah. Um, so I was really happy with that. Um and yeah it was just nice to have a relaxing first experience on riding the bike like racing mm-hmm. um because normally we train on like normal wheels um like spokes like yeah. like you normally see on a normal bike then when it comes to racing you actually get race wheels on okay and so they're like you know the blacked out ones you see yeah the yeah. Yeah, yeah so they're called, they're called discs um and they're lighter more uh, more aerodynamic and it changes the handling of the bike a little bit so I had to get used to that as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was just nice to have a smooth experience. Yeah. And then raced a bit to any... No, sorry. Bucks was 2018. Raced a bit to 2019. Then did Bucks again 2019. And that's where we got two gold and a silver, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, and that, that was kind of like... I hadn't been selected to go on the squad in the summer of 2019. So that was rough. I took a bit of time off and then came back to it, like, on my own. I didn't have the support of British Cycling at that point. Um, and I feel like that was, like, a big, like, depth that like, shows my character. Yeah. I was just like, I want this. I'm going to do it my way. Yeah, because a lot of people could have just given up there and gone, oh, if they don't want me on their squad, then I'm not going to bother. Like, there's yeah, no point. Yeah. But you've obviously clearly persevered and thought, no, I've, I've worked hard enough already. You might as well carry on. Mm. Yeah, and I was just like, I enjoy it enough to carry on, like, the lifestyle it, it keeps me busy as well um and yeah I just enjoy it through and through and the people I've met I've made so many good friends through it and at the end of the day it's not always about getting on the squad it's about what you gain out of it and yeah, yeah. stuff like that so yeah. yeah I sorted out my own support system uni have been amazing with SNC, psych um 
nutrition like I struggled with putting on weight initially and yeah so they, they've been amazing and then I have a private cycling coach as well um and they've all been amazing and then that kind of presented itself at Bucks and then I did nationals 2020 before corona mm-hmm. and that's where I was like top 10 and everything PB hit the targets that British cycling initially wanted me to hit so that was pretty big I was like okay I've got this yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing so that was that was such a feeling. So we do something called a flying two hundred, um, and you kind of you have a couple laps to like wind up the gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you have like you can't change gears on a track bike, and you don't have any brakes, so it, it's a bit crazy. Um, so you kind of wind up the gear, and then you the last two hundred meters are timed. Okay. So you want to do those as fast as possible. So yeah. you kind of wind up the gear and then you go bang and then <laughs> <laughs> do the time trial, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hit the target and the feeling, I looked up at the scoreboard and I was like, <gasps> like, I did oh, it. I did it. And I literally, that's so good. I was, I was literally like, no one else was in the room at that point. I could just see Matt, my boyfriend, who had helped me that morning. Yeah. He was like jumping and I just, <laughs> I did like a mini little fist pump oh. and like, all of the coaches, the British cycling coaches, all the girls were there on the squad. And I was just like, I don't even care. Like, this is what this sport is about. It's yeah. not, it's about being happy for your own achievements. Yeah. Um, so I, I was just proud to have done yeah. that. And then the rest of the weekend for nationals, just, it just was more PBs, more PBs, more PBs. And then I was like, oh, I'm top 10 in everything. Like, on my days, I'm the best female amateur sprinter, which, yeah. yeah. That's, that's insane, though, that you can say that. I can so say true. that, yeah, and that's in two years, and I was just like, I, I that's insane. That. Two years with track cycling, never before, before two yeah. years. Yeah, and now you can say that. Not many people can do that. No, I can no. that. It's just Impressive. insane. Wow. And like, if if I went really personal, there was like when I signed up to it, I had a a boyfriend at the time who was like, oh, you'll never be an elite athlete. Like you're not made to be one, and oh, all of this. Gosh. And I was like. Yeah. So, like, to this day, like, I remember that, and I'm just like, like well, true, yeah, like, yeah. Well, <laughs> as if. Oh, no, I was just like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, and what's he doing with his life now? Probably nothing, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, I was just like, you know, it, that kind of drives me, mm. stuff like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. You have to have, sometimes you have to have someone who's nasty. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just to spur you on and be like, I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> Anything to prove someone wrong. You tell me I can't, I can. Yes, yeah. I love that. So how did uh, COVID affect things? Because Georgia has been doing squats in the snow recently. Tell us about <laughs> that. Tell us about that. Oh, my goodness. So... January was Nationals, March was Miss Arona. And we'd literally just done like a two-week training camp on the road in Mallorca. Mm. And it was, I think it was two weeks before Spain had their national lockdown. Okay. And we knew cases were rising. And looking back, I'm like, we probably shouldn't have gone. Like, that was actually so risky. Mm. Um, and we were saying in the villa, we were like, oh, yeah, if we got locked down here, it'd be great. <laughs> it wouldn't have been because Spain were like finding cyclists you weren't even allowed to cycle on the roads during oh, their wow. lockdown oh no you weren't even allowed to go out and cycle no nothing nothing so thank goodness we didn't get locked down with all 10 of us because we would have actually eaten each other alive <laughs> <laughs> by that point um so yeah we were lucky to not get stuck out there so anyway came back to england and i went home so i live in melton mowbray my parents do um so i didn't stay in manchester because i was like i can't train i want the outside i want the countryside Okay, there. So I went there, stayed with my parents, and my boyfriend came down as well. So I had a training partner, which definitely helped. Oh, does he cycle as well? So yeah, Matt is on the paracycling team. So oh, he's able-bodied himself, but he pilots a tandem. So there's two people on one bike. Oh, okay, got you. So the stoker, the person behind Matt, is partially sighted or blind. Okay. Oh, okay, wow. cool. So yeah, they're hoping to go to the Paralympics yeah. 2020. oh my goodness that's so, so lovely. lovely oh, oh look at you two a little power couple I never right. knew that that's so nice so yeah that's really nice because like, obviously that's why I met him through cycling yeah. and stuff and yeah so he was he's great um so he really helped me um and yeah I, I was really lucky to get some gym equipment from a local gym 
who they've supported me the whole way through as well. They've been so encouraging and helpful. And yeah, so I had a home gym in my garden, used the countryside lanes in the summer. Like, it, I was really lucky to have enjoyed lockdown and to have yes. not had too much stress. Yeah. Um, finished second year, like, happily. So I was really happy with that. Um, and then, yeah, I just trained and trained. Like, I, I haven't... The last time I had a week off <laughs> was January last year after Nationals. <gasps> I haven't had a week off since. And I'm like, can I ready? I'm like, come on now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I love lockdown. It was just amazing. That like, was good, though, that you were able to train throughout lockdown, but, like, not so aggressively that you were stressing out that, oh, we're in lockdown enough. I can't do this, this, and this. Like, you were able to calmly but still get good workouts in and get good sessions in. Yeah, and, like, it, I was doing gym every other day. I was cycling, we did some good miles, we did a pub crawl once everything reopened, um, like an outdoor pub crawl, that was fun. Um, and yeah, it was just it was just really nice and we were really lucky to have had the countryside. And yeah, just loved it, really. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, so isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know, literally, I was just like, wow, this is amazing. So I was really lucky, like, everyone was healthy. We, we actually had Corona in March as well. Oh, gosh. So yeah that was that was bad it really was bad <laughs> um yeah i i stupidly was like no we don't have it no it's fine don't worry um but this was before matt and my mum lost their uh smell and taste right okay <laughs> and i was like no no we don't have it we don't have it and um i trained through it <laughs> like <gasps> you mad? i would probably do that to be honest <laughs> you yeah. talk crazy you <laughs> do though don't you that's like, so interesting because yeah. i follow this person on instagram i don't know if you, she's called lucy davis okay. and she's like a fitness influencer if you will but she does like online coaching and stuff and she is insanely fit and she's got covid at the moment and she said that she's just she can't train she can't work out her brain's so foggy so for you to work out <laughs> that's insane one word like cov idiot like absolute idiot i just shouldn't have bothered because no. i was like no we don't have it like i was i was fatigued i think i had a day off two days off if that <laughs> and then matt he was bad he was really bad he was like i need to sleep i can't train i was like all right i'll go and train then <laughs> <laughs> see you later mate <laughs> yeah literally he had a nap and i went down and did some gym um oh so yeah goodness. i mum and dad they were bad and my brother was bad as well who's younger the whole me. family had it oh, all of us yeah Oh, my gosh. Oh, but yeah. that household was not fun for that period of time. Yeah. My brother's girlfriend, she was with us, and she got stuck with us for two weeks. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, because she went back to you. She couldn't go back. So we were like, you're going to have to stay. Because she came round the night of lockdown, and she was like, ah, oh. So she got stuck with us, and then, like, a few days later, we were like, we have COVID. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so no. You know how you got it, or did you just... Um, my brother... At the time, it was he was still going into work. Oh, okay. So and it's we think it was there because, yeah, just it just is what it is, and we're really lucky that we're we're all healthy now. Yeah, you've like managed to get it, and you've got over it, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So like Matt has the antibodies, and my dad has the antibodies. Um, like Dad was tested in August, and he still had the antibodies. So we were like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. pretty decent going. Because some people they were like, oh, I had COVID, I was intubated and then the antibodies go yeah yeah so it's so interesting because we've my family have been selected to be to take part in this actual study so they come and test us every few weeks oh wow yeah it's great we get paid for and everything yeah we get come and get tested and to see if we've got antibodies or not and it's literally the same thing they come and swab us and then they go and then but I think they were saying, like, when we were on the phone to them, that it's just, they're just doing a study for a year because antibodies can change throughout the year. So even though none of my family have had it, well, yeah, we don't think we've had it, we, don't, we haven't had it, we still get tested all the time because wow. it just to take part in the study. It's so interesting. Yeah. We've yeah. gone on a complete tangent. We but... have. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I love lockdown. I mean, moving back to Manchester in September, I was like, right, uni's gonna start again let's just set up in manchester get sorted my gym was open happy days <laughs> and then gym closed 
And then I was like, okay. Then got back in the gym in December a little bit, and then it's closed. So Manchester was hard hit as well, wasn't mm. it? It was one of the main cities that was really bad. Yeah, it was really bad in November. Like I was, I didn't have my car up here at the time, um, and I was getting public transport, and I was just there like, this is so scary. Like yeah, in biomedical sciences, this is my bread and butter. We know yeah. so much about it now, and I was just there like, if I catch this going to training. And I give it to someone on the squad. Yeah. The whole squad is bubbled. Therefore, the whole squad comes down and they can't train. And that's because I'm getting public transport. And I was just like, like this is scary. Um, so, yeah, that was rough. And then being in Manchester, like, it's not the countryside. It's loud and busy, which yeah. I love Manchester. Favourite city ever. Um, so, yeah, it was, it's been interesting. And then, yeah, doing squats yeah. in the snow the other day was uh, not fun. <laughs> Um, but you know we move we've got to get it done yeah. somehow so yeah yeah oh, wow slight change of topic but I mean, <laughs> totally okay if you don't want to talk about it but um just it would be interesting maybe like what exactly happened with your um heart surgery what was what was that to do with so i had a few random faints in like 2016 17 hmm. Or maybe even 15, to be fair. Were you hot uh, at this point? Yeah, but these were, like, unrelated to fitness or, like, doing any activities. Okay. I fainted once in the morning for no reason. I think it was because I hadn't had breakfast. Um, like, loads of faints that, like, could have a reason, but we weren't sure. So yeah. went to my GP and she was like, uh, she checked my heart because that's what she initially thought it was. And I was like, all right, cool. Never had any heart issues to my knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> And she was like, she checked my heart and like kind of went round like my chest area with the stethoscope. And she kept doing it. And I was like, looking at my mum, like, what is going on? And she finished and she was like, oh, did you know you had a heart murmur? I was like, <laughs> excuse me, what? No. <laughs> I think I would know if I had a heart murmur. <laughs> Literally. And I'd had an operation 2014 for something else. And like, they didn't tell me then. So they maybe didn't hear it. I don't know. And I think it was quite faint. So anyway, ultrasound, ECGs. And they were like, oh, yeah. So um, you've got a hole in your heart. And I was like, shit. Fucking what? Um, And I was just like, how have I done athletics to a high standard? Hockey. I was first team at school. And I've been so sporty. It would just be the last thing. Mm. I was just like, what? So anyway. The hole was an atrial septal defect, so just between my atria, just little, little, little hole, um, and I, it wasn't. I think they said it was like a centimeter, but it was so small and in such a weird place that they really couldn't get to it on the ultrasound. Right. So one doctor was like, "Oh, it's two centimeters." One was like, "It's three. One was like, "Oh, it's half a centimeter big." So no one knew the actual size of it oh for a God. bit. I was like, "Is it big? Is it not?" And they were saying the blood flow was. Um, oxygenated to deoxygenated so i wasn't getting tired like you typically do when yeah. it's the other way around yeah. so that wasn't the issue anyway so because i was 15 16 at the time i wasn't a pediatric and i wasn't an adult and it was really awkward mm-hmm. to get the right doctor so we ended up going to a physician another heart ultrasound um and he was like right let's get you referred and he was like do you actually want it like filled do you want it sorted i was like yes please <laughs> I'm glad to get that fixed yes please literally he was like what do you want to do about it I was like fix it <laughs> I was like what kind of a question is this um, oh so anyway God. we went to a specialist who kind of specialises in doing it on babies right because they're typically born with them and then they eventually close up as they grow yes however it seems like mine didn't basically yeah and no one knew um, and they get 10% bigger over every 10 years. So 1% bigger a year. So you sometimes hear of like really old people ending up with a massive hole in their heart because no one ever noticed it. Yeah. Right. And it's bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then, yeah. So went to a specialist and he was amazing. Um, so the what they did, they actually went through my leg, like keyhole, through my vein in my leg. Oh. So I didn't have open heart surgery, thank wow, goodness. Wow, that's so... Through your leg? Yeah, so just, Holy like, shit. right in my groin, like, just, like, I, you can't even see the scar anymore. It was that small. Whoa. Like, I know I've heard of 
Jackie also. Yeah, did. but <laughs> what? They're in the leg for your heart. That's yeah. crazy. So they just went up there and then basically blew up like a bit of mesh. So like, yeah. say that's my atria. Yeah. Atria, yeah, septum, sorry. And then they just went through and then pumped up this bit of mesh and then it clamps either side. Okay. And then just took some aspirin. Yeah. And then I was all right six months later because okay. then the muscle, the tissue grows around it yeah. and then it seals it in. Oh, okay, yeah. So it, literally, I they put me under and then I woke up pretty soon after and they were like, yeah, it took 27 minutes. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, as if you had heart surgery in 27 wow. minutes wow do you know what like it's so funny because obviously me and Brit are so in love with physiology and like I'm going to do a physiology masters next year and then you hear things like that and you think I know fuck all <laughs> like I know nothing <laughs> it's so specific though like it is so random I'm just so grateful like it wasn't like you know, something to do with my AV node or SA node. Like, but I, I do know that Miley Cyrus had that or has that. I'm basically Miley Cyrus. Yeah, you're basically Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I don't know if she got it fixed, but I'm very off topic. But yeah, I read her like, you know, when you read like Miley Cyrus autobiography when yeah. you're like nine years old. Hey, maybe <laughs> That's what she had. Maybe, Aww. maybe we could clickbait this podcast and put Miley Cyrus <laughs> instead. Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Miley Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it was amazing, like, afterwards, like, two, three weeks afterwards, I played a hockey match, and I was all right. Not, not like, excessively. I literally did a little bit. Wow, it was, like, a, it was a fun one. Like, it wasn't serious. Mm. Um, and then I was back to work waitressing pretty soon after. Like, I, I was fine. And because it wasn't invasive, I didn't really have anything to heal from. Yeah, you didn't have any, like... Okay. Like... Like, it was like a paper cut in my leg. It wasn't bruised. It wasn't anything. Oh. I did stay overnight at the hospital. Um, and I was, like, connected up to a bloody beepery thing that kept yeah. beeping. Ugh, that was annoying. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I was fine. But I... Essentially, it cured me. And I had more energy. Like, I felt better. But I didn't initially know I was ill. Yeah, you didn't realise that you could feel better. You didn't know there was anything to be changed. Exactly. And I was just like, oh, I feel better now. That's so weird. Um, And like, if we're going to go into the physiology side of it, because there'd been more volume in the left hand side of my heart of blood. Yeah, it had, it was totally like hypertrophied, Mm. which is pretty typical with ASDs. Um, And so six months later, they did another ultrasound. And they were like, oh, yeah, you're back to normal. Like the left hand side's like atrophied, like we wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had, so you basically your heart completely changing like shape as well. Yeah, compensating. Literally, insane. Wow, that's crazy. We love some modern medicine. <laughs> so keeping. Yeah, on... I'm. I'm oh. interviewing a, med- a medicine masters next year. Oh yeah, huh? you are, aren't you? I forgot about that. Oh, you guys are the masters. You're all sorted. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. But keeping on the topic of like what we've just been talking about physiology. So obviously, me and Britt, we're doing a similar dissertation obviously mine's more focused on bodybuilding and brits is with uh, like cheerleading um with secondary amenorrhea and primary amenorrhea so female physiology um we're really interested to ask the question of like personally have you ever had any effects through training with your menstrual cycle or know anyone that's had any implications through because obviously you guys train ridiculously hard and you kind of went from zero to a hundred, yeah, like within yeah. two minutes, So yeah. your body surely had to adapt very quickly. I mean, I started. If we're going to talk like weights, I taught. I started at fifty-five kilos, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I was a little skinny mini, and now I'm sixty-two. Yeah, like two years to like properly be the right physiology because of the training, mm-hmm. uh, and then I, I'm on uh, the mini pill um so like one of the side effects is that it stops your period yes yeah oh okay and so i hadn't i just put it all down to that but then in lockdown i went to 64 kilos because we love some weight gain in lockdown Mm. because gains um and then my period came back yes it would love you putting weight on yeah exactly so that's what i put it down to 
Um, and I've been finding that it's, it's a bit more, like, symptoms are more aggressive than what they used to be when I was okay. younger. Yeah. But I think that's just gross. Um, and I did a mini race in, like, September. Obviously, not a race race because COVID was just... Yeah. Yeah. Taper and do a time trial or two. And um, I literally came on my period on the day. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. of all days? Yeah. And I've been feeling really fatigued in my taper, which I wasn't expecting to. Mm. Um, and the week before the taper started, um, I was flying. And so what I figured is that two weeks before my period, I'm absolutely flying. Like two weeks to yes, a week. Yes. I'm flying. I'm loving life. Like in December, it was the same. Mm-hmm. And then on my period, I'm like, ugh. And then I'm, it takes me like a week to get over it a bit. Yeah. Um, so I kind of figured that out where some girls are like, oh, no, the week before I am a wreck. Mm-hmm. When I'm on my period, I'm fine. I'm like, oh, it's opposite for me. Yeah. So I find it interesting that it's so different for so many people. It is, yes, it is. There are people that are like under our, so there's like a cohort of us that are under the same tutor. And there are uh-huh. people that are doing like how the menstrual cycle affects performance. So how we're doing like how athletics and how sports affect your menstrual cycle some people are doing how menstrual cycle affects sports and there are so many different studies that show that the phases of your menstrual cycle affect your performance differently Mm -hmm. and it's like there's a main i can't really go into depth because i don't really know but the idea is that it's similar to everyone but it does change so just shows that like people in the same like squad or people in the same like group of you have such different symptoms yeah it is it's amazing like there is like a few days where I feel like a superhuman yes and I'm like I I could lift anything like the other day I was meant to lift 100 for five 100 kilos like squatting yeah and I was like the night before I was like oh god okay okay I need to get good sleep I need to not stress about this otherwise I won't lift it anyway get it on my back and I do eight wow like previously (laughs) 100 for three yeah. So I lifted it for eight, and I was just like, "What on okay. earth?" And now I realise it was a week, two weeks for my yes, period. And I was yeah. like, ah. "What yeah. is your back squat PB?" I did one hundred and seven for three the other day. Wow, Lauren, what are yours? You don't really squat anymore, do you? No. So oh. mine's mine was a hundred for Woo! for uh, yeah, I'd say about three again because I was I was doing it's so weird. I'd be able to do like ninety five for like six. And then, like, I'd go to 100 and it would only, I'd only get three. Um, but no, I stopped doing that um, on my first prep actually for the Amateur Olympia because me and Braden were like, Lauren, your quads are a little bit big, mate, for bikini. <laughs> oh, it's a hard life. So I know. So okay. I've not, I've not done, I've not done squats for over nearly two years because of this issue. I know. Wow. No direct quad training for nearly two years, and they are still probably going to get marked for being too big. Like, wow! I know it's actually ridiculous. <laughs> so my me with my um <laughs> sticks. But could you, this I don't know really, but could you just do like really light weights, but like high rep and just? So the thing is with my quads, it doesn't take a lot to blow them up. Like, it really doesn't. I could do air, like, non-resistant bodyweight lunges and there would be a little teardrop peeping. Like, honestly, it's ridiculous. So you guys don't want a teardrop, basically? Well, it's really weird because... A little bit is okay, but it's all the thing is with bodybuilding, it's all to do with proportion. So, is everything proportional? And for Uh, certain specific frames, it's okay in bikini, but with normally in bikini, you wouldn't see women with massive quads. It would be that's more, (laughs) yeah, I know. That's more, that's more going into wellness and figure, which. I would do wellness or figure, but I'm not joking. When I say that there's a quad difference, there's a quad difference. Like, it's either bikini where it's, like, toned and not a lot, and then it's suddenly, like, one extreme to the other. Like, you have massive quads. And, like, for my body structure, it I don't 
I probably would be able to, but I suit being in bikini more than I would any other of the bigger categories, if that makes sense. But yeah, yeah. so I've just been improving, building upper body muscles, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, oh, I just, we do like, essentially, think of our gym as like legs, bums and terms, yes. but like intense but intense (laughs) extreme legs (laughs) yeah literally like we do i've been doing more arms recently yeah but um yeah i couldn't imagine not training my legs i like doing that yeah i i thought that the day i was told no more because the thing is i will revisit training legs again that's not like for the rest of my life i'll never train them again it's just a phase that i'm going through to bring them down and trust me like honestly it's so funny if I do anything that remotely activates my quads, I get doms the next day, and that's not okay. That's not like, like George would be like, Lauren, what the what are you complaining about? We did body weight lunges, and they are hurting. Like, what are you doing? Oh, <laughs> but yeah, so I will revisit that, obviously. Um, yeah. But right now, it's just kind of a phase, but. Yeah, at first I did kind of think like, oh my God, I don't know if I can cope without doing squats. And Braden was like, look, you're going to have mental breakdowns. You're going to feel like you're not working hard enough, but it's something you have to do to do well and progress. And through doing lots of walking and then we had a little bit of a uh, mini cut over the first lockdown, they have reduced. So i've put the work in to reduce them but now it's kind of like maintaining that because obviously now i'm not competing so (laughs) not to to 2022 but i'm sad about it but that's for a different podcast you know but yeah yeah so just to wrap it up what are your kind of like what are your future goals with cycling right now or or even university whatever you're doing so, oh, I'll start with uni because it's a sh- bit shorter. <laughs> um, so uni, I'm in third year, biomedical sciences, and my dissertation is in um, master cyclists, so like older, like 35 yeah. and above, um, looking at them as like a perfect ageing model because they maintain so much physical activity into their later years, like up to like 90, 100. Yeah. Um, and just looking into like the physiological differences. That's so interesting because we used to do do you remember we used to do master athletes at one point, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. And you can do that in biomedical sciences. That's good that you've been able to bring your cycling in. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. So it was like nice that I can get the physiology side. Yes. Um, Because I do prefer that. Yeah. Because like there was some things it was like brains, and I was like no. That's a whole. Yeah. I prefer like actual sports physiology yes yeah um but that's because i do it and i have a bit more understanding in it yeah. i think you've got to um, do what you're passionate about it makes the whole process so much better <laughs> yeah and it's so novel because i'm combining so it's a meta-analysis it's all data yeah um so i'm combining like vo2 maxes peak power outputs that have been published of master athletes and then comparing those to the world record on the track of yeah. master athletes okay and that's not been done before yet. No. So wow, that's so cool. I'd love to read that when you're done. I would love oh, to. Yes. yes, that sounds so, so cool. And so if you guys about... have something about mental cycling sport, then I am down to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so what about cycling with your future Cycling. Goals? So after not getting on the squad in 2019... 19 yeah 2019 I was like right do it on my own and then my performance in January at nationals kind of turned a few heads of the coaches essentially um and then lockdown happened yeah so no one's been able to prove themselves further um in inverted commas um so in bloody hell July August I got this email like oh, hi, um, you can select it for a trial with the squad again. So I was, like, overjoyed, but then yeah. also, like, ah, I haven't ridden the track in six months at this yeah, point. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so it's been a three-month, four-month trial, so October to January. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially they gave me some targets to hit, 
and then I hit those, so they gave me some more. Um, so then at the end of January, we have a hit out, which is essentially a race, but not an official race. Um, and I've been training with a squad on the track as well, so that's been really nice. And yeah, so I've got a, I'm going to taper, which is like kind of like your, your prep, Lauren. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we train so hard that, you know, we're aching every day, oh, yes. we're in a bit of a hole. And then to taper, we come out of that and, like, on race day, like, you can feel your legs again. That's kind of how yeah, I yeah. put it. Um, so we freshen up, basically. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I'm coming into my taper next Monday. Okay. Was it this week? It might be this week as well, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, end of January, we've got three days of racing and I've got to hit some targets, which I am really excited about and should i hit them i'll be considered to get on the squad yeah and then if not we've got a few plan b's that i can't talk about yet <laughs> we've got some plan b's in there which are exciting yeah. um and then yeah so ideally i'd love to get on the squad yeah. with the girls because i get on with them really well and i love the sport Good. and it would just be an honor because i'll be a paid elite athlete finishing off uni like wow. that's so insane it's insane. Wow. So you've got to have your fingers crossed for these um targets. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. I so, have yeah. to say, like, even though I know you, just going through all of that and recording this podcast now, I'm just sat here like this girl pumps me up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, when COVID, it does like, make not me around, think like what am I doing with my life? <laughs> oh, no, don't be silly. No, it's inspiring. I'm so, you know, oh. oh so happy. Well, I mean, when COVID's on. over, we need to gym together because we keep saying yes, it and yes. I am needing to. I'll come and join and I'll just stand there and um, squat like 40, shall I? And Absolutely. I'll just stand there and watch the squat. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'll just lift the barbell and put it on my shoulders for me. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do an overhead press and then I'll put it on you and then you guys can squat. I'll squat that way. You'll hit some PBs. We can shout for you. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that would be great. The first time I was in the in the gym with the squad, which Mm. was two years ago, everyone was like screaming at each other. Oh wow! I've never never lifted and or never been screamed at yeah and I was like, oh my god i'm scared but now i'm like screaming. yeah yeah yeah, go, oh yeah. it's so good we're inside when they have this thing called up well not mm. called up but everyone's like up 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 yes yeah and yeah i heard your boyfriend shout that a lot on social media <laughs> yeah oh he, he literally gets going i love spot. it i love that so good it's, so it's amazing. Nice. So yeah, so we have the single up, yeah. and we shout that on the track, squats, anytime. Yeah. All yeah. <laughs> so just for any listeners, because some we have like a bit of a range of listeners from under the age of sixteen right up to like thirty plus. But for anyone that is younger that might want to go down the route that you have, like just quickly give a brief recap of how they might be able to go for it because i can't remember what it was called but i actually signed up for it as well and i didn't mention this at the beginning Ah. i signed up to do because i was like it was after horse riding and you know when you finish with a sport and you're like what am i gonna do now and i was like my dad was always like oh you should do skeleton you've got the like body to do that kind of thing so i was like and then i found that coming to the end of college and i had a decision to make i was selling torch and i had a decision between bodybuilding or going for the trials and i was kind of like for only like the phase one that you're explaining and i was like uh, I don't know. And I said that I would go. And then, like, last minute, I, like, swerved and did bodybuilding. But, oh but yeah. So, and then I saw that you were doing it with cycling. And I was like, it's a small world, even though I didn't go. <laughs> yes. So, basically, um, it was on UK Sports. So, they ran it, Discover yes. Your Goal, the yeah. time I did. Um, so, if someone wanted to do talent id either sign up to it i think there'll be one in 2021 there was meant to be one this year yes yeah um but yeah there'll be one in 2021 if you if you think you'd like the sports but i mean 
I want to do skeleton and now I'm cycling. Like, yes, yeah. Could be anything. Like, they wouldn't pick me for rowing because I'm too small. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, just do it and just have a go. Because at the end of the day... Um, you yeah, don't know it's, where it's going to go. You don't know where it's going to take you. You've got to try. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you don't know if you don't try. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd sign up to that. But then if you specifically wanted to do track cycling, then once everything's open again just book onto a taster session at one of the velodromes because yeah. they're always really well led and they're fun as well yeah oh that's amazing thank you so much for coming on georgia <laughs> thank you for having me so lovely <laughs> where can people find you on instagram oh I'll put it in the bio as well like the description of this uh, podcast but where can people find you on social media so on social media it's at <laughs> it says georgia <laughs> but it's like dior.1a so okay it's special my yeah. handle we'll put and that twitter, in it's i don't know i think it's georgia g holt on twitter we'll put it yeah. in the description then we'll find it and put it in the description <laughs> yeah okay Hopefully there's enough content on there for people <laughs> <laughs> okay well thank you very much for listening guys we'll be back next week with another elite athlete which we won't announce just yet but i am very excited to announce that next week so thank you very much for listening thank see you, you next week